Amen. Good morning, everyone. And uh, I want to welcome all our guests and friends. Some of you are visiting us for the very first time in Tabernacle of Joy. Why don't we all just uh, welcome our guests and friends that are here. You know, really appreciate you all. And of course, to all the dads, my fellow bros, it's our day, finally. You know, <laughs> I want to say, first of all, um, I do want to honour my, my dad, my father-in-law, and of course, my spiritual dad, Pastor. Um, and I also have a, group, uh, a piece of good news. We have a new dad in Tabernacle of Joy, uh, Brother Ruben, and of course, Sister Vijaya. Uh, we congratulate them for... Uh, the birth of baby Rebecca And also, you know, I know the grandparents You know, Brother Raja, Sister Mariam, Sister Mary Congratulations uh, Ruben, Ruben's having the first Yeah, yeah, yes, go ahead Congratulate them as well uh, They were born uh, The baby was born and You know, I know uh, They are probably busy right now <laughs> I think Ruben is having a taste His first taste of sleeplessness you know, the nature of impending fatherhood is such that is that you're doing something that you are unqualified to do and then you become qualified while doing it. That's fatherhood. You know, it reminds me of a very funny story. You know, so there's this uh, couple, okay, their first baby um, came home from the hospital and the wife suggested to the husband, hey, why don't you try uh, your first, a first hand of changing this baby's diaper? And the husband was like, yeah, dear, I'm busy. I'll do the next one. The next time the baby's diaper eventually, as you know, becomes wet eight times a day, eight times a day. He asked, she asked, "Hey, are you ready now? Uh, ready to learn to change the diaper?" And the husband gave the wife a very puzzled look. Huh? What are you talking about? I didn't mean the next diaper. I meant the next baby. Uh, Ruben, please don't learn from this. Okay, <laughs> you know. But my point is this, like fathers are very special creatures. Uh, we are unique. Sometimes we, we tell you and we say that we don't need a present for Father's Day. But I'm going to be honest with you, deep down inside, I'm lying. I told my kids this morning, okay, I'm not, I'm not mean to be thick-skinned, but I do want something, okay? And um, it's funny, huh? Father's Day is one of the days, right, the only time in the year where I get complete obedience from my entire family. I tell them, don't need to spend a lot of money for Father's Day. And they don't. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay? So I want some audience participation. Dads, you're going to help me out a little bit. Okay? What do you want for Father's Day? Okay? So I'm going to give you four options. Okay? And if you want... Okay, so you're thinking carefully, yeah? Okay, I may not have an exhaustive list. Okay? I list out what I think you might like. Okay? The first one is a meal. Okay, it can be steaks. I don't know. A meal, your favorite meal cooked by your parent, by your kids or your wife, or even from you know they tap, they buy, they go out and eat. Okay, a meal. The second one is a nap. Okay, a nap. A day of uninterrupted sleep. Wow. Okay, a day of uninterrupted sleep. Number three, time with your family. Okay, for you quality time people. And number four an electronic product, a.k.a. also known as maybe Apple products. Okay? Okay, so think carefully, yeah. This is your one chance, man. One chance. What do you want? So I would like a show of hands. Okay? I'm just going to do a quick glance. Who would like to have a meal for their Father's Day? Can you raise your hands and don't be shy about it? 
Okay, thank you. To Wow, not many, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, so you all know, okay. Mm, yes, next one. Who will like a day of uninterrupted nap? Okay, slightly more, slightly more, and I notice it's usually the younger fathers. Okay, next one. Time with family. Who will like time with family? Wow, this one a lot, eh. Okay, uh. and last but not least, who likes an electronic product? Okay, families, I did the hard part for you. If you're wondering what your dad wants, now you know. Okay, so the, the poll has shown me the two top two items. is They want an electronic product. And number two, which is very interesting to me, time with their family. I, I, I personally thought I would expect more from the nap or the meal. You know why? I find it very weird. When I have a child, I always feel like, give me a break, la, give me a break. La. And when they are not there, right, I find it very weird. It's literally, I sit there and I, I don't know what to do with my life. I've been a father for, for so long. I don't know what to do on my free day. Even if you give me one day of nap, right, after a while, my life's a bit weird. Hey, come kids, let's go play. That's the nature about fathers. We get into that role and we orientate ourselves so much to give and to pour out that the moment you take away that from us, sometimes we find it a bit. We okay, of course, occasional soccer games are great. Let us go and play. Okay. Now I want to show you a picture of okay. Those who don't know me, you know like I got three monkeys at home. I got three kids. Uh, but my I I my my youngest one is a son. Okay. It's one thing to have. Daughters, do you know which one is my son? Okay, okay, anyway, this is the picture of my son. Okay, not the top one, the top one is me, the bottom one is my son. Okay, have you ever heard of control C, control P? This is control C, control P. Uh, e, uh. V, V, V. Boomer, okay, don't know all these things. Okay, never mind, okay, y'all get my point. Okay, you're pasting. See, my son Shane is a split. It's one thing they have daughters. You, you all know me. I'm like super love my daughters. Okay. But when I got my first son, it's the very first time in my life, I say, wow, this one really looked like me when I was a kid. And not just he looked like me, he act like me. This guy loves to eat. Remember last time when he was younger, he always carried a pot of, of stew. He has a pot of, you know, a, a, a cooking pot with stew inside. He always carry it around. Then I realized, who likes to cook? Uh? He said, wow, it's me. Eh? I love to cook. Okay. His favorite toy was the kitchen. Okay, he likes mats, okay, which is me, not my wife. Um, when he does something wrong, this one, uh, you must observe, uh, this is very, and not many people do this. When he does something wrong, what does he do? He will fall asleep. That's his defense mechanism. Eh. The moment he does something wrong, right, he will... Hey, he'll pretend. Eh. They're like, hey, don't KK. You know why? Because when I was younger, that was how I responded to scolding. I would run to the corner and pretend to sleep. That's how I run away from the pain and the rejection from being scolded, okay? So I'll sleep my way out of problems. In kids' camp, someone sent me a video of him sleeping while worshipping. So he was trying to worship, but halfway through, he like fell asleep. He's bowing his head out. And the funny thing is, what you all don't know, I fell asleep in, in worship a few times before. It was so bad, I fell backwards, okay, in worship. Not in TJ, okay? TJ, you all cannot sleep, man, okay? But last time, 
You know, I've never met anyone who is so like me growing up, and it brings me great joy that he is my son. But do you not realize, perhaps that's the way God created our children to be, to be a reflection of us. But do you know that God too has this desire for His children to be a reflection of Him? When He created humanity, He made us technically to be a splitting image, which I want to bring us to our scripture today in Genesis chapter 1. If you can turn with me to your Bibles or if you want to look at the screen, okay, we're going to read the passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. So God created man in His own image. Can everyone say His own image? In the image of God, He created Him. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. The Bible tells us that we are God's image bearers. And today I'm going to preach very shortly because I know you guys want to go for your Father's Day. Uh, I won't say lunch. Some of you don't want lunch now, but maybe you want more things. But I, 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 I want to preach today about becoming like my Heavenly Father. If you can join me, can let's pray and let's invite God to this, into this time of the Word. Father, we thank You, God, this morning. We thank You for Your presence that we feel, Lord, in the worship, God. But today, as we honour, Lord, our fathers, God, we are here to honour You. You are my Heavenly Father. And Lord, today, God, as we dive into the Word today, show us Your heart, O oh God. Reveal to us what You love. Lord, we want to know what gives the best present to You this morning. And Lord, we pray for all those that are here today. Let the Word speak to them, oh God. More importantly, let them not just hear my voice, but to hear your still small voice, the heart of the Father speaking to their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Can everybody say Amen? Amen. We were created to be image bearers of God and subsequently image bearers to our children. Okay, it's a copy and paste thing. Think about it. Your child at a young age is unable to read the Bible. No way, right? So how does a child learn about love? How do they learn about the love of God? I don't expect baby Rebecca to come out of the womb and then Reuben say, you need to know God's love. Here's your Bible, start reading. The baby isn't going to understand that. And the first and only way they will understand God's love is technically by right in God's design through the parent. Can I get an amen? From the way you raise them up, from the way you sacrifice for them, every night you wake up, change their diapers. These are all acts of love and the child may not understand as a baby, but as they grow older, I realize that I appreciate my father the older I get. I appreciate my father even more when I first became one. Okay? And I believe that God desires... See, Adam didn't have a father. You ever think about it? Adam never had a dad. His only dad was God. So where did he get all that he learned? God, right? So perhaps when Adam was walking in the cool of the day, God would be talking to him and spending time with him. Maybe he'd tell Adam, Adam, I love you. Adam, this is my love, compassion. You know, I'm going to show you my holiness. I'm going to give it to you. And Adam would take that example and shape himself in the image of God. And then he would then replicate it to his future generation. I believe that the Bible is the best book for parenting. Why? 
Because the Bible in its entirety is a parenting book. It's a book about a father, his love for his children. It's a book about a father who would sacrifice his own life to save his child. It's a father that at some times show grace, but also a time where the father will show truth. Being a father is not just you know, telling them things that they want to hear. We have to tell our children to brush their teeth, to, 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 to comb your hair, to sleep early. We tell them the truth. Okay? So we learn a lot from God from His Word. But we also learn about His response to different parts of life. For example, if your child hurts you and they reject you, what is the father's response? What is God's response to being hurt? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You see, in God's grand master plan, parents are the first image of God to their children. I find, and you will realize this, you naturally relate or don't relate to God based on your relationship with your mom and your dad. For example, growing up, one of the things that I really appreciate about, okay, I know it's Father's Day, but I talk about my mom for more. My mom, every night, will come to my room and will say, Sam, how are you doing today? How are you? Any problem? You want to tell me any problem? That's the culture I grew up in. Every day is like, how are you? Any problem? Anything? Come and find me. And the funny thing is, until today, I'm 39 years old this year, I still get texts from my parents, eh, my mom. Eh, how are you? Any problem? I can show you my, my message box. One week, I get four texts from my mom. How are you? Any problem? Are you okay? My dad, hey, you need money or not? You know, these are things they ask me. Eh. I said, wow, dad. I already 39 years old. You still talk to me like that. Because we all know one thing. I want you to complete the sentence. Huh? Once a parent, thank you. Because once a parent, always a parent. My dad, in my, in my memory, has never lied to me. I, I don't recall. Maybe he did, but I, I don't know. I never remember one time my dad lying to me. And that made me a very trusting person. So when, he came, when I came to Christianity, when, when God said certain things, it didn't take very long for me to trust those words because I was never lied to growing up. So there's one example of how parents can influence their child's relationship with God. Can I get an amen? I want you to do me a favor, okay? I want you to touch your cheeks. Go, touch your cheeks. Okay, thank you, thank you. 30% of you touch your chin. Cheeks lah, here! <laughs> it's funny, huh? my kids may not follow my advice, but they always follow my example. And you guys proved it. Literally 80% of you touch your chin. Because it's natural in human beings. Yes, your parents can nag you. I don't want to listen to you. But funny, we look back, uh, they act exactly like you. <laughs> because children don't follow your advice, but they will always follow your example. And I wish today I can tell you that that's the reality of our homes, that we are perfect examples to our children. I wish that's a reality. But if you don't mind me, okay, let me give you the reality of life, just for a moment. That the reason why today we don't see godly examples passed down to the next generation it's because of this one word, sin. I know it's not a beautiful word to say, but the reality of life is this. Humanity has this thing, a sin factor. Adam and Eve chose to sin against God. 
against his rule. And as a result, the consequences of their actions led to the first son being a murderer. And subsequently, man has unfortunately inherited a broken image passed down from one generation to another generation and sometimes is not within our control. You see, in fa- on Father's Day, it is very easy to talk about Father's Day when you're born into a family. And many of us here, we do have wonderful families. We have great fathers. But let's be honest about it. Not all of us have that privilege and opportunity. No, I'm not here to blame anyone. It's just the way life is. We inherit broken images. But wounds left by my father unfortunately carries down to their children where unconditional love becomes conditional. Acceptance can come forth. There's one time I felt so bad. My child was asking me to play with him and I was doing some work and I lashed out at him. I say, Shane, don't bother me, Ken. I'll go to your room. I tell you, you know what he did? What's his response? He went to sleep. And then I realized, oh, I, I, I felt the pain. You know why? Because that's how I dealt with rejection. I said, shucks, I rejected my son. Eh. I quickly ran the room. I'm sorry. I buy you watermelon. <laughs> Whatever you want. You know, my son, nah, he's obsessed with watermelon. Eh. He's obsessed with two things, mats and watermelon. He loves watermelon. I hate watermelon. He loves watermelon. So I buy you watermelon. But I realized, wow, I, I didn't know that those words of don't bother me was perceived as rejection. For him, his tell is very easy. He falls asleep. But many of us don't have a tell. We just retreat and close our spirits. Okay? But my tell just, oh, so my child sleep. You know, my child sleep, I know, not comfortable. And sometimes we also reflect wrong priorities to our kids. Pastor posted this and it was very convicting to me. He says, when church becomes optional to you, it becomes unnecessary to your children. I was like, ooh, that hurts. But despite all that, my message today is not to talk about the fallen man alone. I'm here to tell you, to all who might be hurting this Father's Day, the message from God's Word is this. Man's failure cannot stop God's faithfulness. I want you to turn to someone next to you and say, man's failure does not stop God's faithfulness. Didn't 2 Timothy 2.13 tell us that if we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. He cannot deny who He is. So my message today, this morning, is to tell you, yes, sin breaks the heart of God. Yes, it breaks the hearts of those who are sinned against. But yet, one of the greatest mysteries of God this morning is that somehow and some way, He works through sin to bring about His perfect will. If we are merely products of our environment, then Joseph in the Bible would have never stood a chance because he was abandoned and rejected. But yet, you must remember this, in every child is a responder. He's not a product of his environment alone. He has a choice to respond and so do you. You can respond the way that Joseph did. Joseph forgave his family. He chose to trust in the Lord. And the Bible says God turned it out in a way that he became the prime minister of the nation of Egypt. Which lets us know this morning that nothing that is done to you, hear me now, nothing that is done to you can prevent God's future for your life. Can I get an amen? We are not victims. We are victims, victors in Christ. And there is hope this morning. And one of the ways that God healed 
some of us in our, shall I say, broken images. Is that in the church, we also have spiritual fathers. I know Brother Charles mentioned pastor being a spiritual father. The scripture tells us, I think in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, I can't remember the verse, MQ, you can help me out. I think it's Corinthians, I think. You may have a thousand instructors, but not many fathers. That means many people can influence you. But there is a spiritual father in your life that you can see in the church. Pastor was my spiritual father. He taught me the gospel. He taught me Bible study. He taught me many things. I will observe how he dealt. He has hard and he has soft. Some of you only see the hard part, but I see a lot of the soft part. He's a very merciful father. And I, I begin to learn. I said, okay, last time I was very soft with my kids. He said, you've got to be a bit more firm. So I become firm. Then I became very firm. He said, hey, too much. You've got to be a bit more soft. He would teach me things, you know. He would tell me, oh, you know, parenting, right? Remember this, we discipline your child. Well, don't use your hand. Last time I always smacked my kid's butt. I was naughty, you know. He said, when you discipline your child, don't use your hand. Because the one response you don't want is that you, when you draw in to hug, they shook back. Because they always see this as the hand of discipline. You say you want to cane, you want to discipline, use something, use a spoon or something, you know, like the wooden spoon. I know Sister Deb also got this wooden spoon, uh, LJ Naughty, right? He take out, boom, wooden spoon. Not to eat, like, it's to beat backside on. <laughs> okay? So use an object. The hand is the hand of love and acceptance, not the hand of punishment. And then I also learned that, okay, the rod. The rod in the Bible is a shepherd's tool, it's for the purpose of rescue. If you're going to discipline, it's for the purpose of rescuing. Wow, then I said, wow, Pastor, wisdom, wisdom. You know, I remember he had to endure one after prayer meeting. We stayed till 11.30pm in church because I was disciplining my child and my child wouldn't, child wouldn't budge. He said, don't worry, I give you all the time you want. You can leave the church only, you can, I'll wait for you until the, 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 your, you deal with your child. So I was fighting with one of my kids until 1130 he said, you better not lose this battle. He told me, you don't lose this war. You lose this war, you die the next one already. You win this one, you'll win every war from now on. I said, okay, yes, sir. So, wow, I wait, wait, wait. Wow, I deal my kid, deal my kid. And finally, at 11.30, my kid broke. And from that day forth, Portaiti, now, no issue. He was right. So, we need spiritual fathers in our life. But, oh, wait, not but. I also see other spiritual fathers here. You know, we have fathers like, you know, some of those that, you know, you are, I know I, I got many examples here. For all the Discovery Living Fathers, you were here way before me. And I really want to say something. Your faithfulness is my inspiration. Your faithfulness is our inspiration. I, I, there's too many names. I scared I call one right, I have to call all. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, like Brother Edmund, you know, Brother David, you know, Brother Raja, all you are all, you know, Brother Dennis, you guys were here all the way, man. And your faithfulness is our inspiration today. And I, in Tabernacle of Dry, I want us to honor all our spiritual fathers in the house. Can we do that? Thank you. You know, Brother Kelvin, Brother Bong, you know, bring your kids to mission trips. I was very touched to see. Brother, brother Bong, your children all doing kids camp. Wow, I very kantong. I said, wow, I also want my kids to, to go and help me next time, you know. But I was very touched because he brought their kids to ministry. He said, wow, next time I need to be more proactive to bring my children to serve in ministry. And I thank you for your example. But as much as we love and honor our spiritual fathers, this is something Pastor told me. Spiritual fathers got limitations. They are not omnipresent. Otherwise, Pastor is here. They're not all knowing. 
And whether we like it or not, their lives are just like ours. Got limitation also. Okay, expiry date. So what is God's solution then? God's solution to imperfect fatherhood is to introduce a perfect father into our lives. And we find that in the person of Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verse 5. All of you know this. It says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You know what that means? That lets me know that all of us, when the moment you were born again, you didn't just receive salvation. You didn't just say, oh, thank God I born again, I can go heaven already. It is much more than that. The born again experience is an adoption process where God comes in and says, I know you have been dealing with imperfects, imperfect image bearers all your life. Yes, they have their good points, but let's be honest, I, us, we are not perfect. We say things that we don't mean, but when you are born again, God says, I become your dad. I will become the example that you need. And that's God's solution to heal a world of imperfect image bearers. Because when a, someone is born again, he enters into the process of having a new reference point. I used to do things this way. I used to shame my child. And say, if you don't study, I'm going to... And then God says, what's your priority in parenting? What is your end goal? Is your end goal full marks or is your end goal heaven? And then I have to change my priorities. So God had to reparent me. Amen. So when you are born again, new reference point. So today, I don't have time to go through every attribute of God as a father. Literally, it's impossible. But please allow me to give you four roles of Jesus as our father that will help you as individually as God's child a lot. The first one, okay, the first role is He's your provider. Can everyone say provider? When God is your Father, we do not ever need to feel afraid of having not enough. You say, God, you say, people ask me, why in church uh, you all need to give? Uh? Huh? Why, why Christians need to give money? Uh? Huh? Why the church always take your money, take your money, take your money? Let me tell you something. You are not the one losing out when you give to God's kingdom. i tell you why. Have you heard of a joint account? You know what's a joint account, guys? Joint account means, uh, if, for example, if I have a joint account with my wife, Brenda, okay? Brenda, I have a joint account with you, for example. She has access to my money and I have access to her money. Okay? The one that loses out usually is the one that got more money. <laughs> but it's a part of our partnership. Uh. If you're going to be my wife, you're one, we're going to trust each other. You take mine, I take yours. So in God's kingdom, God wants a joint account with you. Eh? You want access to everything that He has? He also said, okay, let's set up a joint account. And there are times when He said, okay, give. That's why we give. But guess what? You don't lose out. Eh? God has more things to lose out. You know why? Because He has the one with more money. You want access to His blessing, but you don't want to give Him access to yourself. It doesn't work that way. So if you want God to be your provider, you're going to give Him some access, what? But here's the good news. If you allow God access to your finances, when you ask for something, you say, God, I seek ye first the kingdom of God. I claim your promises. God will say, oh, no problem. This is my joint account. You can draw from my credit card. I know, like, credit card. You can draw from my card anytime you want. 
You see, that's how God works in the kingdom. But you've got to learn to trust. Can I get an amen? See, God so loved the world that He gave. Our Father is a generous Father. And here's the good news. You see, the reason why we have anxiety over our finances and future is because we believe that we are fatherless and that we are on our own to make our life work and we are not cared for. People who live without the concept of a father always feel insecure and anxious because all the pressure is on you. But when God becomes your heavenly father, the Bible says you can cast your cares before the Lord because He cares for you. I just want to ask this question. How many of you here this morning, God has ever done a financial miracle in your life? Can I hear that? Please, look around. Look around. Evidence don't lie. Evidence don't lie. There is a heavenly Father. If you came here today feeling anxiety, about your finances. You have a joint account with God this morning. Amen. Number two, protector. When God is your father, he is your protector. The Bible calls you the apple of his eye. Psalm 17 verse 8, it says, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. I always wonder what the apple of your eye is. I always thought you're God's apple, but what if I don't like apple? Like, I personally don't like to eat apples. So it's not very desirable. No, the word apple of your eye is not literally the, the, the red color pink or the apple that you eat. The word apple hit in your eye refers to your pupils, the black color part inside your eyes. That is called the apple of your eye. You see, your eyes are very sensitive and your body reacts very quickly to protect your pupils. If you don't believe me, you just do this to your friend. What do they do? Or they... It's a natural reflex. Or you, like that only, you blink. Why do we blink? Because our body reacts very quickly to protect pupils. And when the, fry, the phrase is used in the Bible, it says, you are the apple of God's eye. It means that anything that even dares to come close to you, there's an immediate response by God to step in. And how many of you do not know that God's angels are watching you, some of you right now? You don't even know that. Sometimes you were supposed to fall down one day. And God did certain things. You were supposed to take that flight. I remember a testimony one time. This is true story in Tabernacle of Joy. There was a, there was a, a family whose son was supposed to take a flight. I think it was a, it was a, it was a Singapore Silk Eye. Remember there was a crash in Singapore one time, the air crash? Many years ago, there was a testimony in Tabernacle of Joy that one of our FJF sisters felt in prayer to tell the family member, tell your son, don't take the flight. Eh. Don't take the flight. Eh. And then at first, I had buy ticket already, everything already, you know. And the lady said, I don't know why, I feel so uneasy. Eh. And the helper told, this is, this is FJF sister, go and tell the employer, eh, I just feel like you shouldn't take the flight. Eh. And, that, and that person said, okay, you know what? I will not take the flight. This is the Singapore news one. Eh. And it was that very flight that crashed. You know that story? And many people lost their lives. And God protected that family because God spoke to one humble FJF sister and told her, Tell your employer's son, don't take that flight. And God is the same way. He wants to protect you. He wants to warn some of you and says, you know what? Your child's in trouble. Start praying now. You know, sometimes fathers, you feel that little uneasiness. Like recently, I've been feeling a lot. Hey, I've been keep thinking about Lauren. You know what that is? God says, start praying for her. Quickly start praying. 
Because God is trying to protect. In the same way, God is your protector. Amen. Amen. You see, oh, one more thing. The Jewish people believe this. The apple of God's eye also refers, they call it, the translation of the Bible is the little man inside the reflection. So when you look at someone's face, for example, look at Jonah. Sorry, Jonah, I know I'm a bit awkward. <laughs> if you look really close, you can, okay, okay maybe you guys who weird. My wife. <laughs> if you look really close, Brian, you can see your reflection in my eye. The little man in the eye. That's what apple of your eye means. And when God says, you are the apple of my eye, that means your image is always before my eyes. How close must you be to someone to be the apple of their eye? Really close. God loves you. God is your protector. Turn to someone and say, God is my protector. Number three. Number three. Some of you are going holiday. Uh, okay, God is your protector. Don't worry. Number three. Presence. Wow. Presence. God is not an absent father. Yes, loneliness is painful. After the loss of a parent, a child is sometimes left alone. He cannot make the appeals to the wisdom of the, par- of the parent who could direct him. He cannot run as he once did when he was weary to climb the parental knee. He cannot lean his head on his dad and say, Father. But Jesus promised these words to those who lost their fathers. John chapter 14, verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. There are no orphans in the kingdom of God. I say again, there are no orphans in the kingdom of God. It's natural to fall into independence and self-dependency when dad is not around. And we turn to alternatives. You naturally crave for what you don't have. But when Jesus comes into your life, you can rest like sheep on green pasture. Like some of you are right now, resting on green pastures. Okay, I know the presence of God very relaxing, okay? I understand, okay? Okay, I'm fine, okay? You're resting in green pastures. Maybe this is the only time you can rest, okay? After church, well, I've got to do a lot of things, okay? You are by still waters. You know why sheep can do that? Because they know. I have all that I need. My shepherd is near. One of the things that my child really likes, especially Bethany, she likes daddy to hug her. At night, I, I want the kids' church teacher, I say, be careful, at middle of night, she might wake up and go crazy. She got this thing about waking up at night. I know one of our teachers, she last time, well, wake up, well, he will, he will you know, run around and stuff. My, my daughter is the kind, at night, uh, she get very scared one. And she'll run, daddy, I need a hug. Well, then I hug. And somehow this morning, we say, God, I don't have a dad to hug me. How can God hug me? Have you ever wondered, how does God even hug you? He's a spirit. Leh. So, here's something very interesting. Okay? So I don't mean to be like into this Bible scholar thing, but listen now. There are two verses I want to show you. Luke 15.20 says, And he arose and came to his father. And, he, and while, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. This is the prodigal son coming back home to the father. And the father, when he saw the son, ran and fell on his neck, is hugging him, and he kissed him. The word here, in, the word fell is epipto. 
And there's another part in Scripture where this very word fell is mentioned. Follow with me. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Let me tell you biblically how does God hug us. When His Spirit falls on you and you feel the touch of God in worship. That's why when you worship God, you feel the presence of God coming down. You know what that is? That is the hug of a father coming to embrace the worshippers. He says, I love what you're doing. Remember, you said your heart when your child said, I love you, you want to hug your child, right? When you worship God, you, are, you, you, you move the heart of God so much that He cannot help uh, but to be, He wants to draw near there. You say, God, I love you, I worship you. And you begin to lift up your hands. Or maybe you're in pain and you're crying. God says, I need to give this guy a hug. That's why in your times of brokenness, God is always the nearest. And the presence of God that you feel is the hug of God from heaven that says, I'm here to give you a big hug and He'll kiss you. And that's why you cry in the presence of the Lord. Because don't kids cry when daddy hugs them? Have you seen Inside Out, the movie, Riley? Go home. Hey, daddy. The parents hug and the tears begin to flow. That's why I come to service every Sunday. Because when I come to it's the body of Christ and I worship, sometimes you don't feel to worship. Maybe you come here with a lot of pain, a lot of brokenness, a lot of struggles in your life. But if you can muster up some courage and faith, you say, God, I'm not here as a perfect vessel. I come here as a broken one. I need the hug of my Father. I worship you. And you lift up your hands and you don't care what people think. God, I worship you. God draws near to you. And you will begin to feel His love. Can I get an amen? The last characteristic of God I want to share is He's your purpose giver. A father speaks life into his child and lets them know that they are important and significant. He calls them to something bigger than themselves. That's why fathers... You are a challenger. You challenge. You challenge that child. Come on, son. You can do better. I always tell my daughter, even scissors, I'm very competitive. I don't even let my child win me in scissors, paper, stone. I don't even let Laurel win a single thing. Yesterday, we had this toy. We were playing this game, right? I keep trashing her nonstop over and over again. Eh. I say, sorry, just get better. Even Uno, I don't let off. And you know something? My daughter, okay, game on. Wow, then she, she became super good at the game. Eh. She keep practicing, eh. practicing, practicing, eh. Until she beat me. Eh. I said, very good. I played seven years of Chinese chess with my father. I never won a single game for seven years. And, but every single year, I said, I'm going to get better. I'm going to beat you, dad. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. Every year, trash. Ah, he pressed. And I've been playing. And then one day, my brains got developed. One day, I started reading books. I said, and I finally beat him. But you know something? He, because of him challenging for seven years, I go into the school team as captain. Because of playing with him seven years, eh? Fathers, hear me now. I'm not saying you, 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 you destroy your child, okay? But, but I'm telling you this. Sometimes it's good to challenge your kids a little bit and don't give chance too much. You want to win in soccer, you've got to practice harder. Amen. Little soccer, you all chill on the kids a bit. Huh? But, you know. but fathers have this thing about challenging. Of course, mommy is here to comfort. It's okay, you can do better. No, get better, please. You see, you know the story Spider-Man? Spider-Man, right? What made Spider-Man Spider-Man? <laughs> you all know the story. Spider-Man had an uncle called Uncle Ben. What's the famous line? 
great power, with great power comes great. We all know that. Spider-Man's fuel was the fact, okay, you all don't know the law, okay, very quickly, okay, I run through. Uncle Ben, the father figure of Spider-Man, was murdered by a criminal trying to burgle, uh, trying to, you know, rob the Peter's residence. Prior to Ben's death, Uncle Ben's death, Peter Parker, who was Spider-Man, crossed paths with this killer. And this guy was, was stealing money and Spider-Man could have stopped this killer. But instead, he brushed off the incident and said, never mind, lah, let's let him go. And because he let go of this criminal, this criminal ended up killing his uncle, who was his father figure. It was at this moment, Spider-Man learns the lesson about the importance of power and responsibility, that those who have the power to help others should ensure they do so at every opportunity. And it was his dying words that began to fuel Spider-Man's purpose and mission as a superhero. With great power comes great responsibility. But let me tell you, this morning, there's a greater superhero than Spider-Man. His name is Jesus Christ. He is a superhero of humanity and he has parting words for his disciples, which is you and I today. He said, with great power comes great responsibility. Where? Acts chapter 1 verse 8. This is the equivalent of that statement. You will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, when you got the Holy Ghost, that's great power. But it also comes with great responsibility. You've got to use that power somewhere. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's the power, right, to help somebody that needs to know who Jesus Christ is. Maybe that person needs to be rescued from sin and death. And that power, the Holy Ghost in you, you say, brother, I don't know what to do with it. You pray. You say, God, if somebody needs Jesus, I'm going to say, Jesus, the Holy Ghost in me, I want to lay hands on that person. Maybe they are sick in the body. You go there and lay hands on them and say, in Jesus' name, I pray for their healing. Because with great power comes great. Amen. I close with this. Being fathered by God. You say, Brother Sam, I heard all this. How do I make God my father then? If you're watching here this morning, or you're here today for the very first time, if you want to be fathered by God, the very first step is you've got to be born again. I know we have guests here that are watching for the very first time. You've got to be born again. That means Jesus gave an invitation. He died for you on the cross. But you've got to allow Him to adopt you into His life. And by doing so, the Bible says you've got to be born of water and you've got to be born of spirit. Being born of water is when you say, no, repent first. Because repentance means, Lord, I choose not to be fathered by the world or the devil. I choose you as a father. I choose to walk in your ways. I choose to come into your family. That's repentance. But then after repentance, you then got to be born of water, which is water baptism. You know, I'm so glad, you know, we, we baptized a, a couple last Sunday, you know, in, in, in Jesus' name. And, you know, and, and we, we, we are so glad that, 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 that in doing water baptism, is when a, it's like a baby coming out of the mother's water bag. In the same way, when, you, when you're born of water, you are coming out of that water bag. And your Bible says you are cleansed. But then you've got to be born of the Spirit. That's when the Father puts His Spirit in you. And when the Holy Ghost comes into you, the Bible says you will speak in other tongues. You know all the babies, how do doctors know that a child is born alive and well? The baby must cry. I don't know how, whether they do it now, but in the States, sometimes they, they hit the baby's backside so that the baby will cry. Because when the baby cry, the baby lets out his first breath. 
And the first breath lets the doctor know, healthy. Same way, when you receive the Holy Spirit, there has to be a cry, a voice that comes out of your mouth. And the Bible says you will speak in other tongues. That's how you know it's a legitimate birth. But second thing, the second thing to being fathered by God, and this is not normal and not natural for some people, is you got to be. So first is be born again. The second one is be real. What do you mean by be real? If you want God to father you, you got to stop hiding. We impress people with our strengths, but we connect to someone with our weaknesses. As a man, we are very used to fighting and being strong for our families. But if you want to be fathered by God, you don't need to show God your strength. I remember Sister Jenny, I don't know, a pastor told me, I don't know what the song, I don't know where I heard, what the song that Sister Jenny likes, I, I don't know. Sister Jenny, if you're watching this, please correct me. There's this song called The Warrior is a Child by Twilight Paris. It's a very old song. I can't, I won't say the whole lyrics to you, but basically sometimes, you know, we are, as fathers, we are warriors. We fight so much. We provide for our families. We sacrifice. We, we are so used to being strong. But even a warrior is a child. And the song goes about how fathers, sometimes it's okay to lay down your armors. And just be a child unto God. You want to be fathered by God? Don't hide behind your achievements, your successes, and your public persona. Show God the backstage of who you are. You came with fears, confusion, doubts. Even fathers get hurt. And we suck it up. Right, guys? When we're younger, we always told, just suck it up. But if you suck up too much, right? you internalize, it comes out as anger. So as fathers, sometimes it's good to drop your armor and just fall at the feet of your heavenly father. You say, Dad, I'm discouraged. Dad, I'm hurt. Dad, my family doesn't understand. Nobody understands but you, Lord. This morning, for fathers, you have a heavenly father that doesn't need you to suck it up, but to be real. And number three, this is the last one. And this is the challenge for everyone today. If you want to be fathered by God, you've got to behold God in His Word and in worship. If you want God to father you, you've got to learn from His example. The question is, where do you see the example of God? You have to go back to the Word. I want to give a challenge to fathers today. Go back to the Word. Go back to the Bible. I know it sounds repetitious, it sounds preachy, but I cannot stop but say this. You cannot be changed into the image of God if you don't have an example to follow. We have living logos. We have next steps. We have so many resources in Tabernacle of Joy. We need to bring back the culture of the Word. PI is starting again. We have a word culture in Tabernacle of Joy. Why do we keep telling people to go back to the word? Because that is the only way you have a vision of your father. That is the only way where you can access the heartbeat of God. Every time you open the Bible, you're not opening a lecture book. You're opening the heart of your father. And when you read the Bible with the, with the lenses that I want to know my father's heart, it will transform you. Fathers, we read newspapers, we read journals and articles. 
But how about the Bible? The parenting book. And this is not just for fathers. I'm talking about every single person here today. Go back to your Bibles. Read it from the start to the end. Start from Genesis to Revelation because God has so much to tell us. He says, I want to tell you, but you're not listening. The Bible is there. It's not boring. If it's boring, go for a class. We will try to make it interesting to you. But you got to start somewhere. And I tell people this, maybe you haven't taken out your living logos for a long time. You can only do one lesson, but hunger will come when you start from the first lesson. My wife says, you get, in, you get immersed into the storyline of the Word of God. The more you read, the more you invest, and every day you take one lesson at a time, it, you get drawn into the whole story. And before long, you will realize, how come in decision-making, I start making better decisions? Why? Because you're shaped by His perspectives already. He said, Brother Sam, I don't know what to do. Which job should I take? God wants to tell you how. But you need to hear His perspective. Please go back to the Word. I know reading may not be your thing. Find whatever means possible. Get back to the Word. And the Bible says worship as well. Because the Word is one thing. You don't just do... Brother Woodward taught about teaching. He said that when you read the Word, it's not just research. It is also reflect. If you only study the Word of God, but you don't take time to reflect and behold the image of God, you don't worship Him, there's no transformation. It has to be both. You study the Word, but you come to God with the Word and say, God, I worship you. I spend time. Adam had to spend time in the morning with God every morning. Why? Because he's allowing himself to be shaped and fathered by God. It's that simple, everyone. It's Word and worship. Can we all stand? It's word and worship. You know, Father's Day, I like to give encouraging messages to our fathers, and I do. I hope some of the things I said today encouraged you. But I know, father, I know guys well enough to know this. Guys like to be challenged. You say cannot, I say can. The world say too busy. I say, why not? And I'm just appealing to the warrior in every single one of us that says, I will make up my mind to make the word my priority. Sometimes it's not a feeling. You force your kids to eat when they don't feel like eating, right? You tell them, say, Daddy, I don't feel like eating. You don't have a choice. You eat your dinner now. I give you 10 seconds. Take up your spoon and put it in your mouth now. We do that to our kids and we challenge them and they eat. Why? Because it's for their well-being. But same way for all of us here. You will never feel to dive into the Word. You will never feel to worship. One thing I learned from fathers, fathers do the right thing whether they feel like it or not. Amen. Fathers do the right thing whether they feel like it or not. There's a warrior in all of you. And when you begin to be fathered by God, you know who's going to be blessed? The first person is you. But the next person is your family. Because the more you become His image, the more you reflect Jesus to them. And then they say, wow. So when they come to church, I, I, I wanted to show this video, but I didn't want to give too much attention to my daughter. But I remember at three years old, I was singing, you're greater, you're greater. And I saw Lauren in, his, in a playpen. I think three years old. She went on her knees. 
<laughs> she very funny. She's like, la 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 Jesus, la 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 la. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I realized, oh, she's copying me. Cause DCD, uh, I go to church, uh, she don't know what is tongues lah. So she la 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 Jesus, la 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 la. <laughs> now I'm like, okay now sister, but she got the Holy Ghost eventually lah. But that, that wasn't it. That was three years old. Don't know what she's doing. La la, I, I, I never post Instagram uh, Maybe today I post. I didn't want to embarrass her, but it was la 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 Jesus. Then I realized, wow, they really follow what you do. Eh. Same way, the greatest blessing for your family today is to let Jesus follow you. Here's what I want us to pray before we, we close. This morning, some of us need to drop our armors and our approach our Heavenly Father with an open heart. If you came here today with fears, burdens, struggles, health, marriage, and all the pressure is on you, it's time to go to your dad and give that to him. He is your Heavenly Father. If you need grace to forgive today, go to your dad and let him show you what forgiveness is truly about. Fathers, maybe today you would like to make a commitment to God and allow yourself to be fathered by Him. In your prayer today, make a commitment and tell God to lead you back to the Word and His presence. And when you're done with that, if it's possible, let the Holy Ghost speak to you and after that, go and talk to another husband, another guy and say, please bro, here's what God told me, let's do it together. Can I ask everyone just to close their eyes? This is the altar call for this morning. Drop your armors and lay your fears to your Heavenly Father. And for fathers, why don't you pray an extra commitment? Lead me back to the Word and lead me back to your presence. Let's pray. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we are not coming to you with our strength, but we are coming to you with lowered armors today. And Father, right now, God, we are opening our hearts to you, God. And we're telling you, God, that when we are weak, we are weak, oh God. But Daddy, you are strong. And I come to you with my struggles today. The burdens of life, the complications of my relationship, with the, the hurts of my rejections. I'm laying down my armor right now. And I'm coming to you, my Heavenly Father. And I'm asking, Lord, today, God, that you be my father today, oh God. Be reparent me, Jesus. Lord, let your presence, I need a hug this morning to let me know that it's going to be okay. Lord, I struggle with loneliness. I struggle, God, with uncertainty of my future. And I wish I had a dad to tell me it's going to be okay. But Jesus, you are my father this morning. I long to hear the voice of affirmation from you that says, well done, good and faithful servant. Some of us need to hear the voice of God this morning that says, well done. You've been serving for so long. Good job. I'm so proud of you. That's what God is telling some of you. You've been trying so hard to live for me by yourself. But let me take over this morning. Let me take over. I will bear your burdens. I will provide for you. I will give you direction for what you need to do. 
because fathers give good advice. Jesus, I need your advice today. Come on. Don't be afraid to lower your armor this morning. Come on, this is between you and Jesus right now. Go to your heavenly father. You really don't need to do life for your own. Come on, daddies. Baby, help me to be a better. Help me to be more like you, daddy. So that my children can see you in me, God. Thank you, Jesus. If it's possible, why don't you lay hands on the person next to you right now? If you see a father next to you, why don't you lay hands on them? I want you to pray right now. You're not alone. You have a father in heaven today. Don't forget. You can always run to your father. There's nothing you can do to ever separate him from loving you. You don't need to feel qualified to run back to him because the prodigal son ran back to the father and he ran and he fell at his neck and kissed him. Jesus wants to come. He's running. The father is running to you right now as you run back to him. That's it. Some of you are carrying so much loads in your life. You're not alone this morning. Come on. This is not just for the fathers. Every one of us here, we have a heavenly father this morning. That's it. Let those tears flow. God is hugging some of you right now. Your daddy may not be here this Father's Day, but there are no orphans in the kingdom of God. He will always, you will always have a father in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, find someone to pray. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And if you are a father this morning, why don't you make a commitment to God to and tell him, lead me back to the word, lead me back to his presence. Because I want to learn from you, Jesus. Make a commitment right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's lift up our hands and just receive that peace. Father, we receive peace right now this morning. Today, we do not need to walk in fear. 
because I have a heavenly Father that is my protector, that is my provider. His presence is all I need today. And you are my purpose giver, O God. I receive your peace this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just praise Him? And let's watch. Let's clap our hands on the Lord. Let's, let's praise Him. Amen. Amen. I'm not done yet. Can I request for everyone to take a seat except for the fathers? Okay, fathers, can you please kindly remain standing? Amen. Because we want to give you all special mention. Everyone, thank you. Please take a seat. But fathers, please remain standing. Amen. Amen. Look around you. These are your fathers, Tabernacle of Joy. Amen. I want us to honour them one more time. Let's go ahead, yeah. I'm going to take my time. This is our moment, guys, okay? It's not easy being a father because when you're the leader, all eyes are on you. Easy to critique, hard to appreciate. But truly, we appreciate all our fathers this morning. I know sometimes you don't even ask for it. That's the nature of, guys, ah, never mind. You always say, never mind, never mind. No, it matters. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your sleepless nights. Thank you for being strong for the family. Sometimes it's so hard to lay down our armour because we need to be there to keep everybody moving forward. You know, and I want to ask the church, less criticism, more prayers. It's not easy being a father. And you will only understand when you become one. And uh, that's, can I just ask a question? I know some of you got your Father's Day gift. Anybody here hasn't received their Father's Day gift? Can you lift, lift your hands? All receive, right? Good job, Ambassadors. Everybody has Father's Day gift. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, the gift is a pouch. You know why? Because fathers, we need to be everything to everyone. The pouch can contain your child's easy link, your easy link, your toolbox, you know. Funny, uh, the Father's Day gift is actually more for the family than themselves. That's the nature of the fathers. I want us to pray for our dads. Okay? And I know our dads are all standing up. If you are next to your own dad, if you, are, you can go to your dad and pray for them. But if not, everybody reach out your hands. And I want us to lay hands on our fathers. And I want us to bless our fathers today. If your dad is not here in the service, you can pray on behalf of your, your dad or your husband. And I want you to bless them as well. Can we just stretch out our hands to our dads and no, even the dads want to pray with each other. That's fine as well. I, I know it's hard to bring you all down, but let's, let's pray a blessing over our fathers. Lord, we bless our fathers this morning. Jesus, you are a heavenly father and you know the struggles that we face, God, every single week, providing and trying to do our best to give to our families a life that we never had. But Father, this Father's Day, we ask that you bless all our dads today. Bless them with their health, Bless them financially. Bless them for those who don't know you with salvation. Lord, that you pour back to them today, God. Lord, everything that they have poured out over the years, let them know that they are appreciated, Lord, that the family loves them. Let them know, oh God, that they are accepted and they are allowed to make mistakes. 
Let them know that they are loved and forgiven today, God. Jesus, watch over every father today. Be their father, God. We love them. Shower your love upon them because even men need the love of God. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, God, for today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we honour our dads one last time, one more time? Amen. Amen. Before you go, Pastor has created a QR code for the whole church. Maybe MQ, we can shoot the QR code up. Okay? So this is the seven days of praying for your father. If you would kindly want to be a part of that, one of the gifts that every father needs is the press of the family. So if you want to pray for your dads, uh, do shoot that QR code and you will receive a telegram every day. From tomorrow onwards, you receive a, 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 a prayer pointers to pray for your fathers. And this is how we can keep our dads in our minds throughout the week. Okay? So I'm going to give you all maybe a few more seconds to, to take a picture of this QR code. Can? Just, just subscribe to it. Uh, if you don't know how, uh, don't worry, you can look for me later and I'll, I'll, I'll help you deal with your QR code stuff. Okay? Okay, thank you everyone. God bless you. Why don't you turn to someone and thank them for being here and just shake hands, be friendly. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Happy Father's Day. Let's go enjoy the rest of the day. Amen. God bless you all.